Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
Malachi, I 
Yeah. 
JM in the AM. Friday morning era of Shabbos. David Dax with his Shabbos medley. Yanki Lemmer had the uh, Zmiros medley. Shalom Aleichem, first by David Dardashti and then by Yoel Sharabi. You heard Sholi with Suushi Arum and, of course, Regesh. Excuse me, Regesh. Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos, on this 20th of March, 24th day in the month of Adar. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Vayakel, and Pekude. It's also Erev Shabbos, HaChodesh. Uh, we'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Nisan is uh, Thursday. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. Rosh Chodesh Nisan is Thursday. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Candle lighting on this uh, Erev Shabbos. <laughs> And boy, did I make a mistake during the live lunch yesterday when it came to candle lighting. Uh, candle lighting on this Arab shop is 6.48. 6.48 is your official uh, candle lighting time uh, here in the New York area. And obviously be, uh, become familiar with uh, what time candle lighting is wherever you are on this great planet that we are on. Um, so again, Thursday is Rosh Chodesh that we mentioned. And... Um, and we wish everybody a wonderful and incredible Shabbos. Here we are together, gathering together yet on another uh, morning, uh, hoping and praying that everybody in our community, and obviously everybody in the world, but uh, you know, we speak directly to our community, that everybody in our community is adhering to the rules and regulations, and as painful as it is, um, as painful as some of those rules and regulations are, it is uh, hopefully those rules and regulations that are going to keep us healthy staying away from others at the moment, washing our hands, not gathering, really in groups of any size. I think I think that in both American and Israeli society, they're being generous when they say something like less than 10 or, or 10, whatever the case is. But I was just speaking to somebody who was um, contemplating having a minion. And I said to them, you know, what about the distance between people? Oh, we'll stand six feet apart. And I said, yeah, how are you going to read the Torah? Are you going to read the Torah with everybody who's at that bima standing six feet apart? And they said, oh, I never thought of that. That, that actually might be a problem. Yeah, well, the CDC would tell you that it's a big problem. But anyway, I think uh, the majority of uh, of places in our community around the world have come to the reality that uh, the the safest, smartest, and probably, I shouldn't say probably, but I'll say probably only because I'm not a rabbi, probably halachically prudent thing to do is not to have a minion. I think a responsible rabbi would say certainly halachically the prudent thing to do would be not to have a minion. But I'll say probably since I'm not a uh, halachic decisor Anyway, that's the story here. Um, we will hear from Malcolm Honline. I, I don't know if there, <laughs> I don't know if it's more than a one-topic interview at this point, and I don't know how much more there is to say, but he certainly is a, a great source of news and often inspiration. So we will speak with him and get a perspective on what's going on out there, both in Israel and the Jewish world. 7.40 Eastern time this morning. 
Uh, Rabbi Yudin will be coming up with our Torah portions of the week. After all, we have Vayakel, Pekude, and HaChodesh. So we'll have a uh, discussion from Rabbi Yudin. It's Shabbos Chazak, that's right. Boy, there are so many things to be said about this Shabbos. A double Parsha, Shabbos Chazak, Parsha HaChodesh. I was listening a few minutes ago to um, Sivan Rachav Meir and Yedidya Meir as they were doing their show. They're both here in the United States right now. That's where their quarantine or their isolation uh, landed. <laughs> back and forth to Israel and America, and they're back here now. Um, and they're talking about how a lot of people in Israel don't understand what an American shul, especially in a large modern community, is that it starts with Shachris, Mincha, and Mariv, but it's the place where you have dinners and brisin and, and, um, and youth groups and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and shiurim and nighttime lectures. And like, like it's, it's, it's a hub, which we know, of course. It's such a hub of communal life. So he says it's not just, I thought it was an interesting observation. He said it's not just the, the, um, the the place where one can, you know, daven three tefillos that's being taken away from the American Jewish community. It is the hub of their entire communal existence. I thought that was a really, really interesting point. Um, JM in the AM at 24 minutes before 7 o'clock. Thank you. 
JM in the AM. Mordechai ben David, Vani Bochazdecha Batachti. Eretz Yisrael is a song by Eitan Freilich. You heard Eighth Day with We All Belong. We Go On, that was Simcha Liner. We opened up the set with Keladon, Ehud Banai, here at the JM in the AM. Good morning, all. Thanks for tuning in. It's Friday, Erev Shabbos. Rabbi Benzion Klatsko, who has a uh, platform called Shabbat.com and who is one of those people, and some of us are related to these people. Some of us are, uh, some of us are, um, are very familiar with and uh, admire these people. He is one of those people that has a lot of guests every Shabbos, a lot. How is he handling the whole situation? We'll find out coming up. Um, uh, Simcha Liner is scheduled to join us. He'll join us uh, in the 8 o'clock hour. He's got a couple of brand new projects, including a, a song that we played earlier this morning. He'll join us coming up. And um, Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, will join us. He'll be with us coming up. And uh, Rabbi Yudin, of course, with words about Vayakel Pekude and Parshas Achodesh. That'll be coming up. Lots going on. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and NahumSingle.com, and the NahumSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Again, a reminder, candle lighting in New York is 648, 648. On this Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayakel and Pekude, also Erev Shabbos HaChodesh, or Ben Shoshchodesh Nisan, right around the corner is the holiday of Pesach, and Roshchodesh Nisan is uh, this coming Thursday. This coming Thursday is Roshchodesh Nisan. We will um, Ben Shoshchodesh tomorrow, and um, as of this coming Wednesday night, we'll be two weeks away from Seder night, two weeks away from the big holiday. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausages in Delhi is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Galitzal in the background. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 1 p.m. newscast for a Friday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM and the AM. גליצה על השעה אחת, כאן גוני כהן עם מה שקורה עכשיו. לאחר שרופא נדבק בקורונה, המחלקה האורתופדית בבית החולים פוריה בטבריה תיסגר. הרופא שהובחן במצב קל ושאר אנשי המחלקה, כ-38 אנשי צוות, נשלחו לבידוד ביתי. 
כתבנו מאיר מרציאנו מוסר כי אמש שלח משרד הבריאות מכתב להסתדרות הרפואית בו נכתב אין צורך בהתמגנות בכל מגע עם מטופל, על פי הנתונים שבידינו, שיעור התחלואה בקורונה באוכלוסייה הכללית נמוך מאוד, בכך מגביל המשרד את השימוש בציוד מגן בבתי החולים. כמו כן, מספר חולי הקורונה המאומתים בישראל עלה ל-705 בני אדם, מתוכם עשרה במצב קשה ואחת אנוש. הפרופסור איתמר גרוטו, המשנה למנכ"ל משרד הבריאות, הבהיר הבוקר בגלי צה"ל, העלייה במספר הנדבקים לא קשורה רק לעלייה במספר הבדיקות, קצב ההידבקות עולה. בנמל התעופה בן גוריון נחתה בשעות הבוקר טיסת אל על שהמריאה מלימה בירת פרו ובה קרוב ל-300 מטיילים ישראלים. במהלך היום צפויות לנחות בארץ שלוש טיסות נוספות מלימה. כתבתנו עינב קרנר מוסרת כי בסך הכל כאלף מטיילים ישובו ארצה וייכנסו לבידוד. כמו כן, במוצאי השבת תצא טיסה מיוחדת ממומביי בהודו לתל אביב בעקבות בקשות של מאות ישראלים. ראש הממשלה נתניהו הנחה את מנכ"ל משרדו רונן פרץ לבחון את החזרת הלמידה מרחוק בחטיבות הביניים ובבתי הספר היסודיים. זאת לאחר שהלמידה מרחוק הופסקה השבוע כשמשרד האוצר הודיע כי המורים לא יקבלו עליה שכר. ובתוך כך משרד הבריאות הודיע למנהלי בתי הספר כי חומר הלימוד לבחינות הבגרות יצומצם ב-25% וגם לוח הזמנים של הבגרויות ישונה. מקצועות הבחירה ישובצו בחודש מאי ומקצועות החובה ישובצו ביוני. ידיעה שהעביר כתבנו לענייני חינוך דורון קדוש. סין ויפן בהתאוששות איטית מהתפשטות נגיף הקורונה. ראש ממשלת יפן שינזו אבה הנחה היום להיערך בדחיפות לקראת פתיחה מחודשת של בתי הספר במדינתו. שנת הלימודים הבאה ביפן אמורה להיפתח באפריל, כחודש לאחר סגירת מוסדות החינוך בעקבות התפשטות הקורונה. ובמהלך הלילה דיווחה סין כי לא אובחן מקרה מקומי של הדבקה בנגיף אתמול, זה היום השני ברציפות. ענקית התוכן יוטיוב תפחית את איכות הסרטונים שלה באירופה לאיכות הסטנדרטית בעקבות העומס ברשת בשבועות האחרונים. בכך מצטרפת יוטיוב לנטפליקס, שהודיעה אמש על מהלך דומה למשך החודש הקרוב. כתבנו נבות רבלסי מוסר שמוקדם יותר השבוע ביקשה הנציבות האירופית משירותי הזרמת תוכן וממפעילי רשתות לצמצם את זרם הנתונים שלהם כדי למנוע עומס יתר על הרשת בתקופת המאבק. העולמי בקורונה. ומזג האוויר בסוף השבוע ירד גשם בצפון הארץ ובמרכזה, והטמפרטורות תהיינה נמוכות מהרגיל לעונה. כ-20 סנטימטרים של שלג ירדו באתר החרמון, וכן נרשמה עלייה של 2 סנטימטרים במפלס הכינרת ביממה החולפת, כך מסר כתבנו בצפון גיא ורון. אלה החדשות.
Every single thing we do for Shabbos earns us a great reward. So on Wednesday night, if you bake a delicious chocolate cake for Shabbos, just say the covered Shabbos Kodesh and then pop it in the oven. Yum! Let's get ready now, it's almost Shabbos. There is so much work for us to do. Shopping, cleaning, and loads of cooking. Shabbos Kodesh, how we welcome you. Estee loves to polish all the silver. She makes sure to do it all just right. When she's done, the candles sparkle brightly. That brings in a special Shabbos light. Get all dressed up in their suits, they look so very smart. After they add their ties and Shabbos cufflinks, nobody can tell the two apart. Let's sing Shabbos Kodesh, let's sing Shabbos Kodesh, let's sing Shabbos Kodesh, Shabbos, Shabbos Kodesh. I sure am. You'll never get me to work on Shabbos. Ellie Sheva loves to make fresh challahs. Her Bobby's recipe is just the best. She bakes them happily covered Shabbos. Then she serves them to her Shabbos guests. We love Shabbos Kodesh. We love Shabbos Kodesh.
Shalshelis Jr. with their Shalshelis medley. We love Shabbos. That was Uncle Maishi. <laughs> we do love Shabbos. We just wish we could actually go to shul on Shabbos, but okay. In due time, I hope. And Proke done by Shlomo Katz to open up the hour. Well, the reason I asked Rabbi Vincent Klatsko to uh, join me, and I mentioned this earlier this morning, um, I mean, there are a lot of things we could turn to him for. We could turn to him for uh, information about what's happening in the community. We could turn to him for uh, words of inspiration, which I'm sure he's been delivering on a regular basis to those who follow him and uh, and those that um, interact with him virtually at this point, since nobody's interacting with anybody any other way. Um, but I, uh, I, I asked him to come on because I need the perspective of someone who's in a unique situation. I'll explain in a moment. Rabbi Benzion Klatsko, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me this morning. I'll tell you why I asked you to uh, join me on an Erev Shabbos. Uh, there's a select group of people on this on this earth, and um, and some of us know them, and some of us are them, who have an inordinate, some might say insane, number of guests at their Shabbat table every single week. Now, I don't know if you keep statistics, Rabbi Klatsko, but I have a feeling you're in that category. Uh, somebody who has made a point through Shabbat.com and through your own personal lives, you and your family, uh, to have to encourage people, and of course for you yourself to have as, as open a house as possible. So far, am I being accurate, Rabbi? You are being accurate. What is it like? And again, I don't know if you keep stats, but you could share them with us if you do. What is it like n- normally tonight having I don't know twenty, thirty people at your Shabbos table? And I assume, I assume, tell me if I'm wrong, or maybe you shouldn't tell me in this forum if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that tonight it'll only be you and your family who are together for the Friday night meal. Okay, so that that is correct, although one small correction. We haven't had 20 or 30 in many years. We, we're, we're still averaging, you know, 70, 80 a week, and my wife is going straight to heaven. <laughs> 70, <laughs> 70, 80 between the two Shabbat meals every week? Not between the, no, no, the 70, 80 sleeping over. 70 to 80 guests who you supervise as they sleep over? Correct, correct. D- does one, are you are you living in a mansion? <laughs> uh, no, but it's interesting. In a, in a few minutes, you may hear some construction. We are uh, we building out an attic that we never thought to, to use because um, we have to sleep a lot of people, and people know when they come, uh, you know, some of them may just get cots or mattresses. Right. And uh, and we have a wonderful neighborhood. What what is your? I mean, it, okay, do do some of the details for us. So, is it your dining room that these meals are taking place in? Is it is there a different configuration? How does this work? <laughs> yes, yeah, so the answer is it is our dining room. Uh, thank you. We are standing at the anniversary of of our fire. We had a fire a week before Pesach, about fourteen years ago, and. Uh, you know, although it was a tragedy in a sense, it gave us the opportunity to uh, expand the house in a way that allowed us to have more guests. So, so we did just that. We built we built the house out, and we we built a table that uh, our table, without adding any extra tables, is able to hold sixty two people. Wow, that is remarkable. The essence of Hachnasas Orchim, to say the least. Um. 
you know, w- w- again, the real reason I called, and uh, I-, I said because we wanted to speak to someone who's used to having, you know, a lot of Shabbos guests, but the real reason I called is I felt that this conversation in some way would be inspiring to people. Uh, one of the points I've been making since the beginning of all this, when the shuls had to close, is that is that it is amazing and heartwarming to see the pain among all of us not to be able to go to shul. And I think that, that's, that that says something about our people, that we're so addicted to going to shul. And this, by the way, is across the board from, the, from people who are not observant at all, and I do know plenty who are at mincha in their offices every day, even though they are not observant at all. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, across the board, obviously, to the most ritually observant. And, you know, we run. We run to be at chakras at 5.30 in the morning, no matter what time, uh, uh, you know, work starts. And we run to, you know, be part of those minchas that take place everywhere and make sure before we go to sleep to find a minion for Marev. And if it's not, if it's too late in our town, we go to the next town to find one, et cetera. And I think it's amazing. I, I would assume that, that at the same time, people like yourself and other heroes in our community are, are also pained by the fact and are also heartbroken that there's now a limit as to the number of people that are at your Shabbos table. We, we actually were early adopters, uh, meaning we saw the writing on the wall, and already for the past few weeks we uh, stopped having the big numbers. Uh, and actually I pulled my kids out of school before that was supposed to happen because, you know, a pandemic eventually becomes a pandemic. Right. Uh, so last Friday night we do a Kalbach Minion each week, a wonderful, warm Kalbach Minion. And... Um, Last week, my kids looked at me, and what well, we daven in the house. We have a, our own Kodesh and so on. And they looked, and like, Tati, are we able to sort of like run through, <laughs> run through the davening? I said, no, no, same Shabbos. So our little, <laughs> you know, my little kids, we just did a Kalbach minute. Not a minute, we didn't have a minute. Right. But um, no, the, the opposite. If, if we show Hashem that even Be'ez Sarah were consistent, uh, then we'll earn our shuls back. We're all, we'll earn our minyana back. Hopefully. 100%. 100%. And, and, and we'll earn our guests back because you're, you're waiting for your house to be filled with you know, 80 people again. Very much so. Very much. Um, I know that, and this is because I stumble upon it on a regular basis, uh, I know that all of us are invited to your Havdalah service every Saturday night, right? That's something Correct. That, and that's basically through Facebook Live? Would that be the uh, right way of doing it? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we do ma- mainly through Facebook. Uh, there are other uh, uh, other places where it streams, but Facebook is primary. And people enjoy the long Havdalah service, both who are watching and those who are with you in your home, right? Very, very much. We we. We, it's because we do it consistently, uh, and that's sort of the key, that everyone knows that each week we're going to do it. Yeah, you don't have to speak to us back consistently. <laughs> we, we know what that's like over here. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's really tough because when you stop it for a few weeks, you have to, people just assume you're not doing it that's anymore. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I've been saying that for 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's the thing. you got to keep on trucking. Yeah. So, and, uh, what, and have you added anything? And not a criticism if you haven't, just curious. Have you added anything pre-Shabbos or post-Shabbos that's different now because of the matzav that the Jewish world and the, and the world is in? Or, or basically, if people want to connect with you, Saturday night is still the best option? Um, I mean, we, we, I do online shirim. I was, you could tell I'm a little bit hoarse. I've been giving <laughs> shirim last night all night. And, and I'm, I'm trying to make use of Zoom and Facebook and uh, actually... I'll, uh, a friend of mine just started a, a wonderful website called We Learn Together, wow. which is sort of like Torah Anytime but live. 
and uh, we learn together. You can go on and go into any live shear at any moment. It's like wow. a very, very fascinating thing. So we try to do that. And uh, last week we uh, we did our musical Havdalah, even though we didn't have anyone there. Right. Uh, because we know could... we're still going to have the viewers. Right. I'll tell you something, Malcolm. We actually had one of our biggest viewing weeks. I'm sure. Last week. I'm <laughs> sure. Right. Ben Seal Klatsko is here. Shabbat.com. I mean, the essential part of that website is literally to make Shabbat reservations around the world, right? So that's, Correct. that's sort of on hold just by osmosis, I guess, at this point, right? Well, it, it used to be that was the primary point of Shabbat.com, but it, over the years, it's become a very, very strong social network all by itself. Ah, so, nice. Um, yeah, we're, 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 we, we, um, we, we noticed that about 60% of the users are using it for the, our dating feature. Oh, so we, very nice. We have, um, we have a dating feature that we add, and actually two of my kids found their wives on the dating feature. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, guess, uh, I guess it's good you don't keep your kids off the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Listen, we, we're we're guarded, but we, you know, again, of course, the writing on the wall, and of course. instead of chaining them up. All but, right, uh, so um, so that ha- so you, you, obviously the the Saturday night uh, post Shabbat for for many it's already post Shabbat for you it's Havdalah. Uh, we know we could tune into that on Facebook Live. What do you, what is your impression of all the pre Shabbat get-togethers that have been happening? Uh, over the last couple of weeks, just to inspire people before they undertake their tefillah biyachid, uh, tefillah uh, uh, davening privately in their home. I, I, you know, I think it's I think it's wonderful, and I'm blown away by the Jewish people. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you know, Nachum. I'm invo- involved in the, the music world as well. Sure. And there are people like a Shlomi Dex or a Tali Yes or a Barry Weber and they uh, Shlomo Katz, of course, and they just want to uh, to send out the good vibes. And um, uh, it, it just it gives me the chills to watch them by their lonesome, maybe in their dining room, looking into the camera and saying, "Clay, so we love you so much. Don't you know? Altira Avdiakov. Don't don't be too worried." We're gonna make 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 it through, and and uh, you know it's hard to say this, but in a certain way, we're gonna get something out of this that we needed to. No question about it. Um, it must be, and not to emphasize the negative, but uh, you know people know what it's like when when they have one regular guest at their Shabbos table who they quote unquote take care of, someone who's single or older, you know, whatever the case may be. It's got to be very difficult for you because you know, I'm sure, many regulars who are now sort of on their own through this situation. And I'm not trying to emphasize the pain. I just think, again, that because of the way things are normally, I think that's very inspiring that people need to realize that a lot of lonely people, a lot of people who need direction, a lot of people who are searching, you know, will find themselves to your Shabbos table on a regular basis. And unfortunately, they, they don't have that coming at them or, or, or being there for them this Shabbos. And, um, you know, we, we try to do the right thing, and we try to be a good example to the community. Um, I, I will tell you that last week, even though we limited it, we had a few random people, but certainly under 10, and just people who just showed up. Uh, but we, we did get a, a message from one of our Shabbat.com members begging me to put out the word that they still want to have guests, and that those people who are stuck shouldn't say there's nowhere to go. And uh, unfortunately, I got that message after Shabbos. Mm. Uh, 
but I, but um, you know, we we each are trying to do our part uh, because life does have to go on, and if you crush our our spirit, you've also you've also caused damage. Right. Then then coronavirus, God forbid, uh, you know, will have won this battle if it if it does that. Absolutely. Um, what is, uh, not to jump ahead, and I'm not suggesting anything one way or the other. We, I do believe, and some of the news reports can re- reconfirm our belief <laughs> in the one above. If our bitachon and amuna is not enough, sometimes we see news reports that, that give us tremendous hope to to reconfirm our uh, amuna. Uh, this could end, obviously, when God wants it to end. I mean, this could end you know, in an instant, and, and certainly over a period of days, or whatever system he wants to use to end it. But just thinking ahead for a moment, how many people are usually at your Pesach Seder? So we we actually don't have eighty people at the Seder. Um, what we what we'll do is um, we try to. I, I tell my kids we can have up to thirty thirty two people at the Seder, and then um, and then it gets too too big, and then the kids unfortunately could resent. Right. So, and, you know, and, you know, you know. There's some kids that would resent it at, at seven and not thirty-two. You know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, my 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 kids did that. They did grow up differently, right. and I don't take it for granted. Um, interestingly enough, one of my kids who's married today, who who who's the only one who used to voice near her teen years, like, oh, why do we have to have so many? Now she's a big inviter herself. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how that's how that goes. So, but, so Pesach is toned down. You'll have like 30 to 40% of a usual crowd on a Pesach Seder. Usually. And the first Seder, the very first Seder, we have the guests. They're all sleeping over, but we'll farm them out right. to neighbors. So at least one Seder, my kids, and now, thank God, I have a lot of grandkids. Right. Uh, they're able to have uh, opa. I'm an opa, by the way. So they have opa's attention. Uh, and uh, they don't have to compete with the guests. Now, now I now I understand why you made sure to uh, to to put in all these regulations before everybody else because you, because of your heritage. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I I had an oma. My my opa passed away before my uh-huh. mother uh, my mother got married. But I had I had an oma, so I can I can relate to the uh, to, to the way the system works. If you know what I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. My, my wife's a proud oma. <laughs> that's wonderful. That really is wonderful. Uh, Rabbi Klatsko, finally, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but knowing you, you've probably have done this a million times this week. A, a word of inspiration. We're going into Shabbos. You know, you're speaking to thousands around the world at this point, uh, because this is one of the few times that, um, that, you know, when we do things on this show, it usually relates to people in New York and New Jersey, relates to people living in America. Some stuff will relate more to people who are in Israel. This relates now to everybody. We're all in the same situation. Give me a word of inspiration as we start Shabbat Chazak. We 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 begin the month of Geula with Parshas Achodesh and Benching Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Give us all a word of inspiration to keep in mind as this uh, as this again private Shabbat begins. Absolutely, absolutely. You know we are the Amanivcha. We're the chosen nation. And lately, the past number of years, through the media and through social, uh, the social media, we may have forgotten that, or the lines may have been blurred, and never has it been more clear how much we love each other, how much we care for each other. And we want so badly to turn to Avinu Shabbat and say, Hashem, we don't know what the message is, and we don't, we don't have the Urim Vitumim. We don't have a Navi 
giving us uh, hadracha. But what we do know is that each of us individually are precious. So it's good we're going to be able to hear from different gedolim and different speakers. This is the issue talking in shul is the issue, lashon har is the issue, and they're of course right on some level. These are all things, but maybe we should look at this very personal, very personally, and say, you know what? Um, maybe if just I did something, if I looked into my actions and I tweaked my avas Israel a little bit, I personally can end the magefa. And we know that's true, because throughout Tanakh history, it was always Yechidim that ended Magefas. Mm. It was Aaron who brought the Ketoros and ended the Magefa. Right. It was Pinchas on his own doing the very uh, zealous and important action of killing Zimri and Cosby that ended the Magefa. It was David HaMelech. So maybe there's someone out there, maybe part of your listening audience, that knows there's some way, somehow they've fallen short, and Hashem is actually looking at them and saying, you know what, if you just make a move, that's all I need. It's a very individual, personal, loving Hashem that doesn't look at us like, uh, like Haman did, that you're just one faceless mass. Instead, Hashem says, look, this is Makas Bechoros. We have Pesach coming up. You I chose, you I didn't. And Hashem chooses each family. He goes to the Pesach of each house and saying, you I chose. I believe in you. Believe in yourself. Believe you have, the, you have the ability to change the world, to save the world, you as an individual. It may sound grandiose, but it's the truth. That's how it works. Amazing. Important message, the difference each and every one of us can make. Yeah. And often, all you need to do is make that commitment. That's, yeah. That sometimes is enough. Um, I thank you, Rabbi Klatsko. Any information people need about any of this, you can go to Shabbat.com and certainly follow the rabbi on Facebook, especially if you want to be part of his uh, actual Havdalah. You think it's a virtual Havdalah? He's actually making Havdalah. Uh, you know, in, Mun- in Muncie, they make Havdalah a lot later than other places. You know how it is. <laughs> I remember one time we actually, we actually were in Muncie for Shabbos when I was a kid. And uh, after Shabbos, after Havdalah, we drove to a Hasidic community to go hear Havd- to go hear uh, Shalashudas. So, really? Yeah, but New Square probably. Yeah, it was New right? Square, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so things are sometimes a little later up there in Rockland County, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. They're, they're just getting started at 11. <laughs> <laughs> Rabbi, thank you so much, and have a wonderful Shabbos, and enjoy uh, tonight's uh, tefillah with your children and family. Amen. You as well, and everyone should please, please stay healthy and listen to the guidelines and uh, as we say in Yiddish, don't be an Ibrahim. Just uh, this will pass over Gamzayavar, and we're going to come back stronger than ever. Uh, Mir Tashem, thank you so much for that. Very Ben Sion Klatsko, somebody who's used to having, did you hear the statistic? 70 to 80 guests on a typical Shabbos. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, JM in the AM, weekly update, Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, next on JM in the AM. Bye.
JM in the AM. It's uh, Mordechai Ben David, Curry Bone Olam. Hey, don't forget that if you're looking for uh, thousands of articles before Shabbos, and it's a quote-unquote long Shabbos. Yeah, I know. Every Shabbos is 25 hours. I get it, but you know what I mean. Uh, if you're looking for articles about Israel and the Jewish world, our friends at Jewish World Review, Jewish World Review, have an amazing opportunity for you. They have a website full of great articles. <laughs> Go print them out and enjoy them over the uh, over Shabbos and um, and um, uh, check them out. JewishWorldReview.com. JewishWorldReview.com. Uh, it's Erev Shabbos Parshas Vayakel and Pekude. Erev Shabbos Hachodesh. Well, Ben Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Rosh Chodesh Nisan is Thursday. This is the Shabbos that typically my brothers and I, as was my father's custom, uh, would daven for the Amud from Mincha today through Mariv tomorrow night. It's almost always Vayakel Pekude. And the reason for that is our father's yard site, my father's 12th yard site, is this coming Wednesday. Um... For obvious reasons, uh, unless there's, you know, the miracle that I keep talking about and waiting for. Um, for obvious reasons, that's not going to happen. I'm asking everybody who is uh, going to, um, uh, who's going to be studying Torah, who's going to be having l'chaims, who's going to be doing things like that over Shabbos, you might want to help us. By keeping in mind Harav Zev and Harav Yosef Halevi, Harav Zev and Harav Yosef Halevi, whose yard site is this coming Wednesday. And again, as I said, uh, traditionally the davening for the Amud, the Maftir, the Kiddush, or at least the Kiddush on a large scale, is not going to be taking place. And of course, as I always say in many situations like this for the last 35 years, your help with this is greatly appreciated. JM and the AM. Um, I, I guess it's a one-topic weekly update, so we'll see how long it goes. Uh, although, the, <laughs> truthfully, it seems that if you're paying careful attention to radio, television, and the Internet, you could talk about it forever. Uh, Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Joins us every Friday for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you. I, too, have yard site this Wednesday for my mother, Esther Basel Yakum, and uh Was your mother Adar Aleph Bet or regular Adar? No. We have two yard sites in uh, in Lipia. No, meaning that she because my father is Adar Adar Aleph, but obviously this year it's just one Adar. Right. So I'm curious if she passed away no, in, in same, any. The same. Oh, same thing, Adar Aleph. Hmm? Wow, interesting. I didn't know that that we have that in common. That's pretty interesting. Um, I've met a few people over the years that uh, shared the same yard site. They, you know, uh, speaking of parents, this whole uh, as I'm thinking about, you know, what on earth the direction of this conversation is going to be this morning. I I recalled. I I can't imagine you don't remember this episode. It, it, it's really it's really not a big deal. It's not. That's not like it's a historic episode. But I I have a feeling you remember it. There was one Friday where the news that you had given us about the possibility of Iran, you know, destroying the world was um you know was was pretty dire. And I I think I walk into my mother's apartment. And and basically, she says to me, "Well, I heard you know Malcolm Holland this morning. I guess the world's coming to an end." And I called you. Do you remember this? I called you. And I said, "I have my mother here. 
can you just reassure her that over the weekend the world will not be destroyed? That's, you don't remember it, do you? I do. Oh, you do remember it. So I, I sort of felt like you know, this is how we should start today's conversation. Malcolm, can you please just reassure this audience that the world is not coming to an end, that please God we're going to survive all this and, uh, and things will turn around, hopefully sooner rather than later? Well, first I should note that I'm generally an optimist even when I, when I give the reports because I believe when people are informed they do the right thing and take the action that is necessary. And that means being a realist and facing whether it's international dangers or domestic dangers or, or a virus, that closing our eyes and wishing for the best and then making and doing stuff that is not appropriate and not taking the proper steps. It, there are comparisons, I think, in fighting a, a war against uh, ideological enemies, against uh, a virus, against those who, who want to destroy us and even in the course of this, we see the rise of, of anti-Semitic conspiratorial theories, et cetera, all over the world, uh, and uh, here even here at home. And, and unfortunately, ammunition is given to them to 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 depict uh, Jews in, in a very negative way. But look, we will get past this. People's panic, uh, initial panic, I think, has subsided. I think they realize there's going to be enough food. There's going to be Everything what we have to do is worry about those who are uh, the elderly or isolated in our communities, make sure they're taken care of, and that um, the institutions that, that uh, help them and help others in our communities are supported. You know, it's going to be a very tough time. This is going to have long-lasting implications, but we'll get past it. And, and it is not the worst time, as some people have been saying. I mean, World War II was a worst time, and other things to say that this is the worst time ever is is uh, by far an exaggeration if we're smart if we listen to what the advice is and take the proper precautions we'll get through this eventually there will be a vaccine there will be other steps but it will like in china it peaked and and is uh, diminishing right. so people can be optimistic about the the ultimate outcome will survive if you do the right thing by the way certain government officials i don't want to scare anybody but like you say reality certain government officials have already warned and you probably know about this i've warned jewish leaders that there's an undercurrent in certain especially in certain communities about you know the, the jews being responsible for this and of course now we're seeing what's happening in certain jewish neighborhoods and it's becoming obvious that certain jewish neighborhoods are being hit very hard so that doesn't help but it's isolated individuals it's not the communities that are doing it and we ought not to be uh, allowed those, those these kind of a reportage that I saw even yesterday, somebody who went into one of the neighborhoods, interviewed people in stores, said the store was crowded. I see the stores are empty. I see that people are not on the streets, that uh, that the vast majority overwhelmingly are, are adhering to it, that there are people who uh, flaunt this. It, it's going to be not only at their expense and that of their families, but of the community as a whole. So community right. has to hold them to, to standards, but we adhere to it as much right. as any community. But Nobody it, goes into the shop rights or Targets or other stores and sees all the people who are shopping there and, right, but, but and holds those communities to account. But in addition to that, um, my point is that we, we see the uh, uh, we've, we've seen that Asian people have been attacked, you know, because, right. again, this type of thing. And then I saw yesterday a report. The first coronavirus American, I, I forgot his name, you know, the, right. fir the first one yeah. was quarantined on the cruise, and he finally just got back home. He was quarantined in a hospital room for whatever, 21 days, whatever it was, and he finally just got home, and he says that, that he's staying home. Why? Because of the death threats. He is getting death threats, serious death threats, 
because he's the one. He was the first one. He's the one who's now you know infected all of America. So anybody who, first of all, if you you know want to question the the absurdity of you know of um of, of someone being blamed, scapegoated, it's the same thing. It, it, just remember that, folks. Don't. I don't want anyone to think that there's God forbid any validity to. Uh, you know when, what the haters go ahead and do, and what people are saying about our community—it's the same, the same validity or invalidity as when you know one individual is blamed. The whole thing is completely absurd. Doesn't well, we mean- have individual responsibility and collective responsibility, and nobody's off the hook for that? That means, in terms of your personal conduct, how you handle this, what we do—you uh, know, not hoarding, not uh, you know, exposing ourselves, and not flaunting the rules. The rules are there to save lives. This is because nefesh and people who violate it, and if, even if it's a religious leader or a secular leader or anybody, uh, will ultimately be held to account for, for what they say, and people promising that nothing will happen if you do these things. Nobody can promise that. And and I think we have to, you know, this is a, an Torah. We agree that this is a very critical moment, but we'll get past it. We will survive as community. You see that Israel has taken uh, very strident measures and uh, led the way, in fact, uh, initially. But there, too, we see the, that it's it's spreading, and they are quarantining people right away as soon as they come back. It's a very difficult uh, struggle. There's no easy answer to it. But people should be confident and strong and follow the rules. Um, we're all concerned about a cure being found. Uh, now we're told that Teva is sending all these millions of tablets to the U.S. because they have a suspicion it might help. Uh, mitigate the symptoms of coronavirus. Uh, are there? I mean, I, I would assume there are many, many other efforts, both in Israel and in other countries, to get all this done as soon as possible. I spoke to several companies in Israel and here in the United States. They're all rushing to get something done to get to find an, an antidote. Even uh, the, the the pills and things that are being sent are proven in some cases to mitigate. The danger, especially with the breathing and right. um, the respiratory problems that accompany the virus in severe cases, especially. So, the, the, but these are drugs generally that were developed for other uh, diseases or other sicknesses, and they're finding the application here um, in terms of uh, it's not an overall cure, and the vaccine will be the last stage. They will find other, there will be interim stages where we'll find stuff until they finally. Are able to develop a vaccine. Um, the uh, the economy. You mentioned it earlier. How tough things are already in Israel. Half a million people filed for unemployment in the month of March. Uh, I I assume that the situation is only going to get worse. And I know that you're saying it's not the worst it's been. Depression, World War II, etc. But this is going to be a really really difficult and serious situation for for people to climb out of. Absolutely. And, and in, what in is, our lifetime, and certainly, I mean, I'm much younger than you. So, it, it uh, you know, an economic condition like this has been very rare or maybe unpa- unprecedented. It's not, but again, not the worst time in, in our history. And I think the economy was basically strong and that cushioned uh, the impact. But we have to think longer term about all these businesses that will not come back or will find it very difficult. Look at all the Pesach programs, the losses in the in the many millions and millions of dollars for all the preparations and all the things that were done for the programs around the world. You, you now multiply that by everything else that's going on when airlines are not flying and, and laying off 80% of their people and government workers furloughed other people. 
it, it's devastating. And you know that half the American people, I think the statistic, if, if I'm not mistaken, was uh, half had less than a $500 cushion or a $1,000 cushion for, you know, to carry them through emergencies. Well, this is not going to go very far when this thing, you know, if it drags on for, as some predict, a month or six weeks or even longer. There's an article in the uh, Jerusalem Post that there's a study that says people could be locked down for 18 months, but we don't want to go there. Uh, God forbid that would be uh, unbearable. I mean, already... Well, the Chinese factories, are, many of them are back in operation. I've spoken to people there, and they told me that it's true. The area where it started is still under uh, lockdown, but supposedly they've had, they're not having new cases as people, as this thing runs its course. Now, the question is, is it going to become annual? Is it going to be something that becomes like the flu or uh, other viruses that, that are around? Only time will tell, but uh, it does seem to be able to be controlled. North Korea has, seems to have done a very good job, so we can learn from their experiences and you know, it's just running its course through through the world. By the way, you know, people talk about South Korea. People talk about Singapore. Uh, they they also did it to a degree at the expense of people's civil rights. In many cases, you know, they really we talk about crackdowns and and you know, clamping down on 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 making sure people you know don't move out of their homes, etc. They did things there that in the United States would never go. So, I'm not saying that they're you know shouldn't be lauded for the way they've handled it in terms of the numbers, but. I don't think some of the systems they implemented mm-hmm. we would ever implement here or in Israel. Uh, well, in Israel, they did actually implement something which has become under criticism. That is where they monitor the telephones of those who are afflicted and can tell where they go and they you know, leave their homes, etc., in violation of, um, of the rules that they face. But it's, uh, I wonder if that's the, a civil rights violation. No, they are saying people yeah. are accusing them. I know, I'm and, saying, I wonder what... Uh, the loss of democracy. There were demonstrations right. this week either with the black flags, people driving into Jerusalem, you know, to the, trying to get to the Knesset or other places, you know, carrying black flags for to protest what they felt was infringement on their, their democratic rights. Oh, boy, so many, so many aspects to all this. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and NahumSiegel.com, and the NahumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Um, told you about the unemployment statistics. What about the the rumored cooperation between the leaders of the PA and the leaders of Israel? Well, Israel uh, right away offered and sent in disinfectant and uh, testing kits to um, to. The PA and there is a joint committee meeting between the PA and Israel on an ongoing basis because again it's an, it, it, it's Israel's humanitarian involvement but also if it spreads as it did in Beit Lechem, which was sealed off right away um, and its hospital facilities are very limited there and in Gaza Gaza closed the borders with Egypt and and Israel but if you notice that Hamas is trying to keep things quiet because they know they need Israel and Egypt's cooperation if they were are to address uh, their concerns in this regard. So the borders have have been uh, quiet, not completely, but uh, generally quiet. And the um, there is uh, cooperation going on. Between, and uh, President Rivlin and I spoke to spoke to Abbas and other people. There have been exchanges. Well, obviously, with Hamas, it's generally low key, but they yeah they have made efforts to try and. Um, 
because, again, it, it, you can't stop this at borders, so it's in everybody's interest to cooperate. Unbelievable, I'll tell you. Whoever would have dreamed that we'd have to have, or that there'd be no choice but to uh, have uh, those who are normally enemies cooperate. What about well, what about Iran? They're an, they're an enemy. Are they cooperating? Exactly. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Uh, as you spoke, yeah, Iran, in fact, they issued a, a fatwa of kinds that uh, if Israel develops uh, a vaccine, that, that at first they said you can't use it. So now they said you can if Israel develops it, they would they would be allowed to use the Zionist vaccine, but the um, you know the hatred machine continues to work. The BDS etc. machine in Iran and the PA and elsewhere uh, continues to work. Iran is facing particularly serious uh, conditions. It is one of the worst in in the world. I think it's number two or three in the world. The number of deaths is far greater than what they're saying. We know from satellite photos that they have dug mass graves that the, the number of dead is in the many, many thousands, and the number of, of sick in the many millions, that the, um, uh, and they have not yet stopped the tide. They didn't even close some of the religious sites like Qum, where people lick the, uh, uh, and, and expose, uh, um, are exposed physically to one another, and they refused to close it until just a few days ago. And now some of the Shiite militants have been opening up these places, trying to, to, to break the closure. The um, uh, people close to, the, to Khamenei, the supreme leader, I think 14 members of the government have died from the virus. Wow. Uh, many members of parliament are, are sick. Uh, this is causing, again, another layer of resentment amongst the people. And although now the demonstrations have stopped there, as they have in in um, in Hong Kong and in Gaza, where they were supposed to resume March 31st, um, they are not. That this has uh, put a damper on some of those activities. But the, the Iranians, despite everything, are continuing in in so many ways. Their their hateful expressions, as as we have seen, you know, the anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and others that are spreading throughout the international community, whether from Turkish TV to Iraq to others to even the mainline um, media. And the, um, uh, the Iranians uh, are continuing, but the situation there is, is very dire. And there are people who say that this will further weaken the government's hold. And, and um, you know, when this is over, that there will be people who will hold them to account for the terrible way they've handled this as well as everything else. But the economic impact when oil is uh, under $20, um, you know, this is for Iran devastating. Their, their, their exports were sinking very rapidly. Their economic conditions have been terrible. Their currency, you know, devalued all the time. And yet, um, so the, the new reality of the price of oil, which at some point has to turn around, uh, is is uh, devastating in its impact there as well. Unbelievable. And I know every community, I mean, obviously a little bit of a different situation compared to Iran, but I know every community is suffering in every way you've described this morning. Have you heard anything special, meaning out of the ordinary, about the Italian Jewish community? Have you heard anything that's, I mean, I can imagine that if, that if, if people are dying at the same rate that the rest of Italy is dying, there must be major halachic problems and you know, different things that rabbis have to deal with that, that, thank God, to this point, nobody else on earth has had to deal with. Have you heard anything about that? I, I have. Uh, I know uh, members of the community. One of the leaders of the community passed away from the virus. Another one is, is very sick. Um, and the, um, 
you know, it's part of the problem is that Italy's community age. There's a larger percentage of elderly people, and so the it's its impact there has been very large. But you're right, and with Pesach coming, oh boy, it's particularly difficult. And there are communities. I spoke to somebody at four o'clock this morning from a community asking for help because uh, he lives in a European uh, country. And they don't have food for Pesach, and they're not allowed to import anything from outside. And uh, they're very concerned whether they would have provisions. And so there are steps being taken to try and get some waivers and et cetera. But, you know, the the countries are sealing their borders, and you can't import or export. We are, our border with Canada is sealed. All the people with plans to go there or I don't know if stuff that's imported to think about that. Thank God in America that people planned ahead. The, the, all the warehouses were full. They were not right. dependent on anything. There's not going to be shortages here. From, but they keep calling the supply chain, right? That's right. Um, any chance for a unity government? Is there a deadline this weekend like we've been reading because Gantz feels that you know, he's got BB against the wall, that number one, they have to show unity, and number two, if there ain't no unity government, the chances of him, meaning Gantz forming a government, becomes greater. Well, the, the there is a chance for a unity government. The question of whether Netanyahu will be part of it, right. whether they'll reach some sort of an understanding, but the talks broke off. They both walked out of the talks and um, broke them off uh, for now, but the, it's in the interest of both, I think, to do it. I know President... Rivlin has been pushing it, so have others. Uh, the, the numbers um, would dictate that a, 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 some sort of a unity government between Likud and Blue and White, who really don't have vast differences between them. Their political platforms are not the issue. It's much more personal. and the you know, But the, you could get enough between the two parties that could form without even the smaller parties. But for him, uh, for blue and white to be dependent on the Arab bloc or on other blocks, that caused a lot of divisions and that you've had defections within the party and others who have said they would not be. And all along he campaigned, Gantz, that he would not be uh, form a government with them. Um, I think that, uh, or with their backing, they don't join the governments, but in some cases, in this case, they might even do that. Uh, getting ministries or getting in in key committees in in the Knesset, where some have served in the past as well, uh, but you know it's obviously sensitive. The um, uh, so there's a lot of of question marks about what formulation could really uh, emerge. The pressure of the virus should have dictated that there be a, 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 a an, at least an interim unity government. The fact is that people don't want in six months or five months to have to face, again, a new crisis circumstance. So you might get a, some sort of, um, if, if the blue and white really form a government on that basis, the predictions are that it won't last long or it won't, won't be able to be sustained. And right now, given the, what Israel faces, that a, unit, a strong government would be very much in order. Yeah, and uh, and it sounds like from what you're saying, if there was a unity government now, it wouldn't be strong anyway, both numbers-wise and, and attitude-wise. No, a unity government could be if you take the vast majority of Likud and the vast majority of uh, blue and white, assuming some people might not go along with it. Right. 
but the, I think the, major, uh, the majority would be able to. The question is whether the role of uh, the prime minister and the, those who are pressing that because he's under indictment of facing the thing that he suspend himself at least for that period, or would they let him be prime minister first and then uh, Gans take over or, or rotate it? Or the, so many permutations that could be possible. He was uh, supposed to. Um, uh, he was supposed to uh, go to court. Uh, I forgot what date, but sometime in March. Best, yeah. is, is there a new date even, or just now? No, you know? just postponed. Boy, I'll tell you. But it won't be for, for – there may have been a date set, but uh, it's, it's you know, again, it will depend upon the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, that, that's – Corona certainly took that out of the headlines, huh? For the time being. Yeah, I mean, boy, I'll tell you. Sometimes you know what they say that time that uh, you know the only person who benefited from the hostage situation was Ted Koppel, right? <laughs> but you have another. You saw this week the, how it played out in regard to the speakership with uh, um, Speaker Yuli Edelstein, who was unanimously elected the last time right. and enjoyed a lot of respect, is now becoming a very contentious figure for for in the political debate and discourse, and that he closed the Knesset. From on Wednesday and said they won't convene until Monday. But the fact is that on most weeks the Knesset closes Wednesday afternoon and convenes <laughs> for business on Sunday, or but really uh, serious on Monday. So it's not such a, a radical move. And he did instead he wanted to encourage people that if we started the divisive debates in the Knesset at a time when they're trying to work for unity government, it would it would undermine those efforts. So he he. Um, you know, made some decisions. They did swear in the members of the Knesset three at a time. So there were forty groups of three at a time to uh, wow to take the, the like oath. A, it's like a Taurus Nadarim on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they so the Knesset. Now the question is really the arrangements committee, and there's the fight between the two sides that they we could once an even split and. Blue and white is saying no. They want one more, one extra member because they have a larger majority of the Knesset. So everything becomes uh, contentious, and all these things are essential to to get the government functioning uh, again. Wow. Um, you know who knows uh, who knows what's going to happen. Obviously, we can't predict the future, but a lot of things that we had gotten used to, especially in the education of our children, who knows if they'll be back? Will, will birthright be back? Will marginal living be back? Will summer programs be back? Like, like n- nobody knows how how life changing this whole experience is going to be, and what the world's going to look like. The way we interact is now so different. Who knows how many, of, how much of this will remain, you know, permanently? Uh, the way we interact in terms of uh, uh, distance, in terms of uh, you know, virtual. Uh, I, I have, think you're right. Just it's so a, many questions. It's, it's a valid point that a lot of these places are going to have to reevaluate. I, I've known I canceled five foreign trips between now and June, or were canceled because programs, including March of Living and others, uh, are not going to take place. People, you know, again, they don't have to get panicking now about these things. We'll have time to to develop, and all these organizations are assessing it. But, uh, you know, we have to remember that the and, and people's ability to give because of the drop in the stock market may be right. uh, deeply affected. Right. So those who have have to make an extra special effort now, especially before Pesach, to support the stuckot, the charities that help people uh, because they're going to be under immense strain. And by the way, a lot of these organizations, in all seriousness, in addition to the great work that they do, support hundreds of Jewish families. 
a lot of them, I mean, are just many hundreds. Yeah, Jewish many hundreds families. of Jewish families that are that you know are going to be either out of work or being laid off or going to be uh, you know challenged to be able to 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 pay these people. I mean, we're talking about you know operations that are you know that may not be directly you know food for the poor, you know, but 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 indirectly you know affect God knows how many millions of people. And even people who you wouldn't suspect, uh, a friend of mine who was making a bat mitzvah, arranged for the food to be brought to a school, and they asked the teachers and the faculty who had been laid off um, uh, when the school, because the school was closed, um, if any of them needed uh, a Purim Suda, and 104 people responded. God. And they delivered to each of them. And we should think of all the acts of chesed that I know are going on now. This is the real story of our community. It's an amazing story. From I don't want to start naming organizations, but there are generally general organizations that deal with poverty and specific ones with aspects of it that uh, will need as much help as we can uh, we can give them. And they all know the names. Uh, if not, they can find them of where we, we can help. But there are families that literally don't have. I, I spoke to a rabbi who told me that people in his congregation, that he had no idea, came to him and, and were asking about the Moschitim. And yeah, they realized that they weren't contributing. They were coming because they need. And we, we have to think of our neighbors and especially elderly people and um, people who are alone to make sure that they have what they need to be able to make a Pesach, even if it's going to be a lonelier one and people are going to be home. They still need the basics. The mantra in my home and in many homes is, you know, one day at a time. For some people, it's one meal at a time. They literally don't know how they're going to put a dinner on the table for their children, which right. is... And they can't go to the programs that they often go to to get the meals because they can't get out. <sighs> mentioned birthright, mentioned marginal living. I guess we have to really have to continue the positive aspect. I mean, reading that, you know, during a time... When you are now required, if you get back to Israel and residents are allowed to go back to Israel, and, and how amazing is it that the prime minister is actually encouraging residents of Israel to go back? I don't know how many countries would do that, would encourage their residents to get back. And sending a plane to Peru to yeah, bring back I hundreds mean, there. It's unbelievable. But I, I do want to mention it, uh, that 24 new immigrants on Nefesh Benefesh, who know, of course, that now they are quarantined for two weeks and that's how they're starting their life in Israel, and they still went ahead and moved to Israel. So there, there is some inspiration out there that we could take. There's a lot. There's a lot. People should know how much good is being done and and uh, recognize that, uh, you know, as depressing as it be on Shabbat not to have a minion or people like that. But you can, if you're dominant home and you have Ben Shrosh Chodesh and you do it with greater kavanah and you do the right things, we'll, we'll lift this, uh, the spirits and we will be able to get through this. People are, are, I mean, thank God we live in a country where you have facilities, you have the ability, it's being taxed, but uh, difficult, yeah. you know, a difficult circumstance. Who's announcing the molot in your house? Because I'm sure my boys are all going to be vying for that honor. Oh, well, I think we just go out, step outside on the front porch and everybody will be yelling. But look at the amazing things in Israel where courtyards... People just from their balconies yeah. were, were dominating or, or when they lauded the medical teams that were yeah. coming home. Unbelievable. And, I mean, it's such a—it really is amazing to see the spirit and, the, the you know, the, the way to deal with this is not to become depressed and hunkered down. 
and t- think of it what you would have uh, how much you might have welcomed the opportunity to be at home for a couple of days and take advantage <laughs> of it with your family what, what did you say i'm just worried about the murder rate going up because i'm afraid families will start <laughs> killing each other if this goes on too long <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you, a lot of good humor out there. And you know, Malcolm, uh, throughout history, Jews have dealt with situations of dire, of di- dire situations with humor. You know that. Hundred percent. We're known That's for why, that. Why we became the entertainers for the world? I mean, the only way we get through this stuff is yeah. to have a sense of humor. I, judging by all the funny things that are being sent to me, <laughs> or the, that I see in emails and stuff. There's a lot of creativity out there. Tell me, are... tell me one thing. Did you see the video of the guy davening with nine dolls? Did you see that one? Yeah. The, I mean, and he asks, is there a chiyuv here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot, lot of creativity out there, I must say. Did you see the video from Italy of two guys playing tennis outside their window? I don't know if you saw that one. No. I mean, a lot of creativity out there, and you're 100% right, and there's a lot to be... Certainly thankful for. All right. Well, we'll look, the bottom line is, and I keep saying this, even though some people roll their eyes when they hear me say it, especially with this news from Israel about this, this you know, possibility of this uh, medicine helping out, things can change very, very quickly. And I know that people are talking about months and some are saying minimum of this and target date you know, for the peak of this and everything else. We do know if, you ha- if you're a Balbi Tachon and a Muna, we do know things can change at the moment God wants it to. So let, let us do what we need to do in order to encourage him to do so. And he's telling us, you know, do your part and yeah. I'll do mine. Exactly. And uh, I think all of us uh, really have to take to heart um, and continue to function as best we can. We have now modern methods, and, you know, I see all the schools that are doing distance teaching. And great work at really it. Really amazing. Great work at it. And, uh, you know, this, these would not have been possible years ago, so there's... There's always uh, ways to, to address each of the crises that we face. No question about it. And um, and let's hope that when we speak again next week, it's a, a much more positive atmosphere and a, a much better and healthier world, to say the least. Oh, and by the way, Malcolm, don't leave me without – I'm sure you're going to have something to say about this. No coincidence, I'm sure you'd agree, that it's Shabbat Chazak. No coincidence, right, that we are – we are, we are going to to, to get g- gain strength from this Shabbat, this experience, and from observing it, and from people. Just because you you know you can't go to shul, you can compensate. There are ways to deal with everything. Uh, you look online. There is guidance for every circumstance, including if you have if uh, if you have yard site or whatever. You learn a Mishnah. There's there's plenty of ways, and we can make it inspiring, and especially for those who have kids at home. Don't make it a depressing Shabbos. Make it an inspiring one, and 100%. we have time to prepare, you know, for the seder and do more for, you know, teaching the kids about this uh, moment. You're not going to be the one to yell at the mola. You're not that guy. I'm not the guy. You're yeah. not that guy. You know, I was thinking you were that guy. But it is Tuesday night, so it's okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm, by the way, it's good you said that because a lot of people won't know that because I won't be in shul tomorrow. Now I can remind everybody. Okay. Thank you, Malcolm, and have a wonderful Shabbos. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, and he's right. He's right. You cannot, as far as I know, you cannot bench Rosh without knowing when the Molot is, right? That's the whole point of the announcement. So according to what I have in front of me, obviously um, I, I, I would have to assume that as the Molot usually is publicized, it is the Molot in Yerushalayim. So I'm assuming 
that this is the same time that you'd find on any calendar around the world. And again, I'm making that assumption. I don't know. I don't have Rabbi Heber here to confirm it. <laughs> um, according to this, it says, and everyone should announce this in their home tomorrow. Announce this in your home tomorrow, so everybody who benches Rosh Chodesh knows exactly when the molad is. It says here the molad for the month of Nisan is Tuesday, ten fourteen a.m. and eleven chalakim. So fourteen minutes and eleven chalakim after ten a.m. And again. Assuming that all calendars work the way I believe they do, that would be in Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh. All right, so keep that in mind. Now we know the Molod. I'm glad I made the Molod joke about announcing the Molod because now thousands of more people know when the Molod is tomorrow before they bench Rosh Chodesh. Wow. Um, 14 minutes, 11 chalakim after 10 a.m. on Tuesday. 14 minutes, 11 chalakim after 10 a.m. On Tuesday. Wow. And Rosh Chodesh, remember, Rabbi Heber explained this to us, that the, when we did the whole calendaric thing, Rosh Chodesh and the Molod are far apart this year. It's like the furthest apart that the heads of month and the actual Molod can be because Pesach can't be, you know, on a um, on a Wednesday. So therefore, it's a, if you remember that conversation with Rabbi Heber. So even though the Molod, which we will announce tomorrow in our homes, is Tuesday at 10.14 a.m. and 11 chalakim, the actual day of Rosh Chodesh next week is Thursday. So Rosh Chodesh is Thursday, the Molod, Tuesday morning. And again, if you go back to the archive, to the most recent conversation we had with Rabbi Heber, he explained why that is this year, that this is an exceptional year in terms of the distance between Molod and Rosh Chodesh. And I believe in the Pesach case, in the Nissan case, it was because um, Pesach... Uh, cannot be on a Tuesday night, and that normally, um, uh, and that normally on a, you know, all things considered, as we set up the calendar, Tuesday night would be Rosh Chodesh after the Molod, but again, because Pesach can't be on a Tuesday night and it's Wednesday night, that's why it's far away from the actual Rosh Chodesh, which has to be two weeks before Pesach. Whew. I hope that, uh, I hope that's somewhat of a reasonable explanation. Um, so that's a story. That's a story with, uh, with, uh, something I never thought I'd have to announce that people should announce the Molot in their homes before they bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Really unbelievable. Uh, this time each and every Friday, every hour of Shabbos with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin. Uh, give me a second. I apologize. Um, there we go. Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, uh, spiritual leader emeritus, Congregation Shomrei Torah in uh, Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good have Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Vayakil and Pekude. And from the second Sefer Torah, we have Parshas HaChodesh. I say this really choked up and with tears in my voice because most Bate Knesios, most synagogues, 
all over the world are going to be closed and we will not have the privilege of hearing these readings from both Sifri Torah. According to the Chinuch, as we introduce every week, the parsha of Vayakel has one restriction, one negative mitzvah. Pekudeh does not have any mitzvos. And the second reading from Parsha Sachodesh, from the beginning of chapter 12 in the second book of the Torah, in Parsha's Bo, Hachodesh Azelochem, has many mitzvos of the forthcoming Yom Tov of Pesach regarding the Korban Pesach that we had in the past, and please God, we'll have, we pray very soon in the future, as well as many of the halachos of Pesach. I'd like to begin by, first of all, reminding everybody that we have a great responsibility at this time to keep calm. That's so important. And just by way of introduction, I think a few very important points. Number one, you cannot see the coronavirus. Everybody knows that, but it's there. You cannot see HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but He's there. And the first thing is, this coronavirus has to strengthen our emuna, our belief, our bitachon, our trust in Hashem. It has to bring out in each and every one of us greater davening, and personal introspection. The idea that if there is a bias, there's a bala bias, there's a bala bira, and we recognize Hashem's clear involvement. And secondly, Hashem wants us to improve, I believe, our social interaction. The pandemic that we are experiencing really came forth at Purim time. And really think about it. The Gemara Megillah asks, what was it that caused Am Yisrael to have the terrible threat of annihilation at that time? And the Gemara says, because they were Nanu they enjoyed Achashverosh's party. And even if they had to go to enjoy it, to be part of that society, think about it. The fact that bars, movies, beaches are being closed in general, all this is a strong reminder to us that we have to improve our social interaction. And therefore, we are being quarantined. Think about it. And the fact that at the moment there is no vaccine reminds us 
that ain old milvado, that there is no one else but to put our trust in our Kodesh Baruch Hu, in the Kodesh Baruch Hu. Now, the parasha begins with the mitzvah of Shabbos. And I'd like to point out something very fascinating and very interesting. In the Daf Yomi last week, and indeed the Gemara Shabbos that we are studying now, a page a day, the first eight pages deal with the prohibition of Hotza'ah, of literally carrying from one domain to another domain. Interesting that the Torah should take note of this and make this one of the prohibitions. And indeed, we know that there are 39 prohibitions regarding Shabbos. And in reality, it's 38 plus 1. What does that mean? 38 of the malachos, forbidden activities on Shabbos, all are related to demonstrate his, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mastery over the physical world. I take a raw piece of meat and I cook it. What am I doing? I am transforming, I am changing something, its very nature. I take a clean piece of paper and I write minimally two letters on that piece of paper. Again, I have transformed and created something. And this is true regarding 38 out of the 39 malachos prohibitions on Shabbos. Hotza'ah, which is carrying from one domain to another, shows, says Rav Hirsch in his commentary at the beginning of Vayakel, shows HaKadosh Baruch Hu's mastery in the social sphere. The world, which we can call one aspect, society, and the individual, how he relates to society and how the society relates to the individual, this is man's interacting with the world at large, going from his own Rishus HaYochid to the Rishus HaRabim. And interestingly, as Rav Salvechik Zechronel of Racha pointed out, Avram Avinu when he refuses to bury Sarah in a grave that was offered to him gratis by the people of Ches, Avram says, Ger I am at the same time a Geir, a stranger, and a Toshav, and a citizen. What does that mean? It means I belong as a stranger. I participate in society. I help you. As we say in the Olenu prayer, L'sakein olam b'malchus shakai. The Jew is there along and plays a very significant role in enhancing 
and making the world in which we live in a better place. But then he recedes and goes back to where he is a Toshav. He's a Toshav in his Rishus Hayochid. He goes back. I cannot eat with the rest of the world. My laws of Kashrus. I cannot socialize with them because our values are different. And therefore, tonight when we recite Kiddush, do it one drop slower and listen carefully. In the paragraph of the Kiddush, we say two different expressions. Zecher the Masei Bereshis, that Shabbos is a remembrance of creation, and this denotes HaKadosh Baruch Hu's control over nature, and therefore we desist in our control over nature on Shabbos. I cannot cook that piece of meat. I cannot write, and all the other prohibitions of Shabbos. And then we say, Zecher Litzias Mitzrayim. The Shabbos as well is a remembrance of the exodus. And what does that mean? It means that at the time of Yitzias Mitzrayim, Hashem, Bachar Bonu, Mikolo Amim, chose us from the rest of the world and put us in a Rishus Hayachid compared to the rest of the world, which is a Rishus Horabim. And therefore, when it comes Shabbos, the Jew strengthens his Rishus Hayachid. He enters into his private domain, a domain whereby he recognizes that he is not to interact with the rest of society at that time, but is to build up his values in his Rishus Hayachid. And so, what we find ourselves now is in a situation whereby, as the Torah says in Parshas Bishalach, talking regarding what happened when the man came down, showing us that every phrase in the Torah at times takes on such meaning and excitement. In chapter 16, Pasuk 29, in the book of Shmos, the Torah says, Al ish mim komo On the seventh day on Shabbos, you're not to leave your home. This Shabbos, we are in that state. And think about it, my friends. This Shabbos, March 21st, 2020, will be the first time in the 71 years of the history of the State of Israel, which will not have public transportation and theaters, sports, restaurants, beaches, and malls, all this will not be open on the Holy Shabbos. This Shabbos, everything is shut. And what's the first topic of this week's parsha, Moshe assembles all of Am Yisrael and talks to them about the keeping of Shabbos. And so, we all have an incredible opportunity this Shabbos to strengthen our Rishus Hayochid. 
And there's a very interesting technical halacha. Those who have been studying the daf will know what I'm talking about. That the height of a mechitza, of a partition, for a rishus harabim is halachically only ten tfachim high. The height of a mailbox, when we were privileged to make the Erev in our community, the late Rav Shimon Eider, who, Zechron Levracha, who guided us in the making of the Erev, told me at that time that the height of ten tfachim is approximately, or very exactly, the height of a U.S. mailbox, which we says was 38 inches. That is the height, halachically, of a Rishus HaRabim. Beyond that, it's a Rishus HaYochid, which goes Ad L'Rakia. What does that mean? It's boundless. The ability of each and every one of us to elevate our homes. Our homes are now becoming a Beis HaKnesses, that which is not being read this Shabbos in our shuls, because our shuls are shut, take out a chumash. And if you know the trap, lean it. And after each aliyah, and this week it's a challenge because it's more technical, it's about the construction, the rest after the first three psukim of Shabbos, deal with the materials and the implementation of the mishkan. But read it and read the commentaries and learn from this exciting event which represents Hashem literally moving in to the community of man which is what we had in the Mishkan we had it in the first Beis Amigdash we had it in the second Beis Amigdash and please God we will have it in the third. We have to make our homes into a Beis HaMedrash. When we were able to go to shul, ah, they're able to check, is he in shul, is he not in shul? We do it to be with people, etc. Now nobody's watching you at home. What are you doing with your free time at home? Am I learning more? Am I davening more? Or am I involved with other things? And therefore... We're quarantined, not just to start our Pesach cleaning early, but to do some very serious introspection and to realize that, wow, we can and should connect at this time in a most personal way, each and every one of us, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, recognizing and realizing that these are unusual times. And so, when a queen, a Jewish woman, becomes the queen of Persia, and that's such an unusual phenomena, says the Malbim, oh, you know it's the hand of God, and that led to our salvation. When things occur in the world, such as the coronavirus, which is happening right now, and this is so unusual, so different, we know one thing. 
We can't understand his ways. However, as we had in last week's parsha, Vira es It's only afterwards that we can understand why Hashem would put us through this. While it's happening, says the Chassam Sofer, we don't know and we can't understand. But I end with the way I began. And that is that we must have imuna during this time. Our faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to get us through these challenging times. And I heard very sharply in Hebrew the word da'aga, which means to worry, has the olive, the gimel, the dalit, and the hay. Da'aga, dalit olive, gimel hay. It's missing the base, which is bitachon. If a person has bitachon, baruch Hashem, less worrying. I'm not making light in any which way of this very serious situation. We have to be prudent, we have to be careful, we have to listen to the health authorities. But most important, you have to have emuna and bitachon. Wishing everybody a safe, healthy, and a growing environment for the forthcoming Shabbos Chazak. And may we derive chizuk from the fact that we can always learn lessons from the Torah. The Torah begins this parsha with Shabbos. And please God, each and every one of us will make our Shabbos all the better and all the stronger. Shabbat Shalom to all. See
J.M. and the A.M., every time I hear that song, I think of uh, Lobo because uh, when Leif Tahar released it, they had used the word Chaim. Lobo's name, of course, was Chaim Silber so often that they uh, actually put pictures and videos of him to an unbelievable online video as a tribute to his memory. Thinking about him on this uh, Erev Shabbos and so many others. Uh, Thursday morning broadcast, Thursday morning, Friday morning, <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I was telling someone the other day how I recorded one of those uh, short reviews that I'm doing that get posted on social media. This was on Wednesday, and I probably, through the first five takes, said Tuesday, and nobody noticed. <laughs> nobody even realized that I was saying Tuesday. Hard to remember what day it is, but I can remind everybody that, uh, that Shabbos is starting soon. Here in the New York area, Shabbos candlelighting is 648. Um, and uh, Shabbos starting in some parts of the world very, very soon. Well, well, somebody who has been um, who has been um, instrumental so many times on bringing different important themes to our community and has done it through uh, music and through, uh, well, generally through social interaction, real interaction, in this case I guess it's more virtual interaction, has been Simcha Liner, of course, been a tremendous friend of this broadcast. And you may recall back in the day, you know, a million years ago, that he actually was part of our Kosher Halftime show this year. I know it's hard to believe it was last month. It does seem like a million years ago. Simcha Liner, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning. morning uh, ni- nice to speak with you. Say it again. It's still morning, no? It's still, yeah, it's still, it's hard to remember exactly what time it is these days. Uh, I hope you are safe. I hope you and your family are doing well. And I hope you are uh, surrounded by friends and neighbors who are anxious to uh, adhere to all the rules and regulations to, please God, keep everybody as healthy as possible. And we are doing our best. And I must say that um, it's been eight days since I put on socks. Um, And I'm kind of enjoying it. Have you, you definitely overrated? Have you literally been in your home already for eight days? Uh, pretty much, maybe one one time uh, in between. Oh wow, I didn't realize that. Well, call a vote to you because whoever did it sooner, it seems, is in a better situation. 
Um, all right, so a couple of things. First of all, uh, we noticed uh, that you're part of a campaign to stop the spread, but you are not a, a member of the medical uh, uh, medical field, correct, Sim Kleiner? Uh, yeah. So, so, uh, so how does one is- how does one stop the spread if, in fact, they have no medical degree? Sure. Stop the spread is a is a campaign um, where a few community leaders notice the parallels between um, the effects of Lashon Hara and just overall negativity, spreading negativity, and that of the virus. Um, it's a pretty obvious uh, parallel. So it's just you know an opportunity to be mindful and uh, do your part in holding off before you forward something, share something that could potentially impact or hurt someone in a negative way. You uh, pointed out in the video um, that, uh, look, we use the word viral, right? That's the Ironically, that's the word that we use when something right. goes viral. And you pointed out, and of course this is obvious to many, but sometimes we need a wake-up call, that if someone writes a few words of negative about anybody, for whatever reason, it, it, sometimes it could be for a very positive reason, by the way, but for mm-hmm. any reason, if someone writes a negative word, that can not only go to millions of people instantly these days, as we know, but as you point out, it could destroy someone's life very often, obviously, uh, 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 you know, undeservedly. It could destroy someone's life. It could destroy someone's business. You know, if you have a, a, an experience, let's say for argument's sake, and I think you allude to it in the video, if you have an experience in the business world um, where, you know, something doesn't go right, something doesn't go right, and, you know, it's a business that, that usually services people really, really well, and whatever the circumstances were, just didn't go right that moment. And you post right. and you post that somewhere, you could really be destroying a lot of people. Sure, it compounds super quickly, and that's that's the worst part. You know, you don't give a person an opportunity to fix something; you just destroy them at, at the first uh, at the first opportunity. So, and we know that a lot of times it comes from anger. You know, people people get angry, and uh, we encourage people. Obviously, I mean, everybody uh, knows what kind of mida. Chaos is and how uh, and how it's uh, looked upon. Uh, sure. We encourage everybody to just you know take it easy, take a deep breath, and hopefully they'll conclude that there's no positive reason to 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 say anything about somebody. So it's essentially look look we don't know why why this plague is here. Obviously we don't know, and we, you know we can't play God. But any suggestion to do what you're suggesting, I think, is a good idea. How's that? <laughs> totally, completely agree. Yeah, it was uh, it was nice that I was invited to be a part of that you know, take advantage of the extra time that we have to, uh, you know, leave something uh, of an impact, you know, in, in a positive way. Simcha Liner's with us live via telephone. So a couple of days ago, we started playing on this show and all through the network a song called We Go On. Now, uh, can, yeah. can I assume that the uh, the birth of this song was quite recently? Like uh, this, this, this concept uh, uh, arose because of the situation we're in? Actually, not. Wow! <laughs> the song was uh, song four, I believe, on uh, or three on my latest album, or five, something like that, on the Kolkavod album. Um, so there would there would have been a video and everything. We had a video concept, but we accelerated. So this is, this is actually something interesting. Starting this past Sunday, every week I publish a schedule, right? And on the schedule, every single day, there's something to entertain families and children. Um, the schedule is posted on my Instagram, and every night there's something new to do. Um, so one of the nights this week, it was a promise to release We Go On. 
And that happened when on Tuesday night? It was Wednesday night. It was Wednesday night. By the way, right. by the way, one of, one of my listeners just pointed out, please ask Simcha Liner not to spread the word that Nahum Siegel's not familiar with his track listing. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I got to beg, beg you now, please. <laughs> don't don't spread the world. What don't, can I say? Don't spread the word that I... Yeah. Was not familiar with the yeah. where that song started. All right, so um, you released it Tuesday night or Wednesday night, rather. Why is "We Go On" such an appropriate song for the times that we are now in? Um, the song really focuses on the concept that Yisrael and Nessas, that no matter, <laughs> unfortunately, the Jewish people don't ever have just a moment to rest. You know. Yeah. Like everyone is is hitting from both sides. So the true message is that we're gonna be we're gonna stick around because we go on Yisrael and Esach. At the end of the day, we always prove them wrong, and um, we just have to do our part in, in, in following the rules. And uh, you know, it, it, our challenge here is, is setting a good example for the world. Um, and then we can go on, you know, but we'll be able to look back on this in the next generation. You know, you've been to a million simchas, and you've enhanced a million simchas. I've been with you at a million simchas that you've enhanced. Um, to a degree, it must be heartbreaking for you, even though, thank God, we have to assume that they're, you know, in the most thrilling part of their lives, you know, Baruch Hashem, but still it must be heartbreaking when you see the Hassanim and the Kalas who who are now you know, going to be in, in crowds of 10, 20 people and who now are going to have a much different wedding celebration than they originally planned. What are your what are your thoughts as the community goes through this change right now? This past week, Tuesday afternoon, was um, probably the last wedding I had done for the next, you know, foreseeable future. Right. And it was under very, very strict guidelines. It was a beautiful, beautiful wedding. Um, but the health department was there the local police department was there, and they, they had to follow very specific guidelines. And I was just, you know, I, I, I live streamed the chuppah, as I do very often, and I just, I couldn't contain myself. It was so emotional. <laughs> it's like from one day to the next, we're in such a different world. It's just... You know, it's funny. We, we've been speaking all week here about um, how unique our shul experience is. How addicted, I keep using that word, how addicted Jews of all observances are to synagogue, um, yeah. and which is a tribute to us, of course, and we've learned this lesson by how much we miss it now. Uh, yeah. And we talk about, you know, the, the, uh, the different, today Rabbi Klatsko was on with me, uh, you know, an hour and a half ago, and we were talking about how different his life is, because usually there's 80 people at his Shabbos table, and, and, I, I, and I'm not exaggerating, by the way. He has a, he has a, as he revealed today, he has a Shabbos table that's built for 65 people, and he really has 80 people every Shabbos. Right. Um, and how heartbreaking it must be, you know, and obviously there's a positive family time. I, I'm not minimizing any of that, believe me, but obviously it's a, it's a, it's a shock how different it is. And I was thinking, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us, you know, have gotten to a point where there are so many smachot, thank God, that we, we, we don't approach them the way we used to, with the excitement that we used to. Because there's a lot, you know, every night, people, especially people who are socially really involved, could be at another wedding, another simcha, I'll go here for 10 minutes and I'll 
wish Mazel Tov. And, and now I think it's going to be a wake-up call for us how much we have to appreciate how unique and incredible all of our simchas are and that there's such an opportunity for us to celebrate together and to really reach higher heights together. And I think it's going to be one of the takeaways from this whole situation. Yeah, I hope so. It's, uh, you know, as long as you can still tolerate your family. Are there challenges at the liners right now? <laughs> uh, I'm not saying that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but... <laughs> what can I tell yeah. you? He told us. No, by, that, uh... He told us, by the way, that he is. Uh, oh, this will be the second week in a row that he has a private Kalbach davening with his family tonight. Uh, and anything special over Shabbos Simcha, or just a just? So, well, we do um, on the schedule um, at six p.m. on my Instagram live today is a Kabbalah Shabbos streaming. We had five and a half thousand people wow. davening together with me last Friday afternoon. Wow! Um, and actually, a very interesting. Uh, Activity, I guess I could say that we launched on last night's schedule um, was simcoliner.com slash song. It's a website we built um, that kids, families, adults, whoever um, can follow the instructions and join me on a music video remotely. Um, and we're going to aggregate all these clips and audio files that uh, everyone can generate from their house. Um, and hopefully then the next week we'll release the music video the Jewish world combined. Very cool idea. Yeah. Very cool idea. Whoever thought that there could be demonstrations of unity at a time when no one can go near each other. Exactly. (laughs) The whole thing is unbelievable when you think about it in the context of uh, of our history. There's a seat in Ghanai then for this uh, fellow that uh, developed Zoom. Yeah. Mamish, I'll tell you. It's just the whole thing is unbelievable. Um, all right, so people, I, I, so, so people could log on today as well, right? And 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 go go, go with you through Luchadodi. Would that be the right way of putting it? Or yeah, that's right. We we go until Mizmar Shirley on Shabbos, at which point you'd be the Kabbal Shabbos. So we stop there. You turn off the video, put away your phone, and then uh, take it. You know, continue on davening on your own. And that's that. Um. Everybody out there, uh, Simcha Liner's brand new video is We Go On. We'll play it for you in a minute. Really appropriate for these times because you know, as he just said, we are going to go on. Also, he's part of the campaign of Stop the Spread. Uh, we should pay more attention uh, to a lot of things right now, as Rabbi Yudin and others have said today, uh, to a lot of things right now, but uh, but never a bad time to pay more attention uh, to what a, a word about anybody, uh, both spoken word and obviously a word on the internet, uh, can do to somebody. This is a really good time to consider that. Is there an official website, like Stop the Spread website people could search for? Or? I, I believe I believe it's stopthespread.org. Okay, good. So people um, can check that out and and, right. and, and see the uh, uh, the video that you were part of uh, for that. Right. I'm going to ask you to hold on for a moment, if I may. Sure. There are uh, there are a lot of people out there who, who you know, ask us for different chasadim, uh, so to speak, and if you don't mind, I'm going to ask you to hold so I could ask you for a... Uh, very chesed. And I appreciate that very much. And to you and all the, uh, the Jewish music personalities and anybody of note in the Jewish world who's going beyond the call of duty to to really uh, send messages to people, enhance their experience and their lives through all of this, call like a vote to them. All right, Simcha Liner. I thank him for joining us here on a Friday morning at JM in the AM. This is the, um, this is the song... With the brand new video, it's called We Go On. This is JM in the AM.
people aim to bring us down, feeling shaken to the core. They can hurt, they can maim, we'll be here just the same, standing the way we were before. We go on, yes we go on, there is nothing we can overcome. We are strong, yes we are strong, holding firm and our troubles will be Big thank you to Simcha Liner. It's the brand new video, We Go On. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com and the NahumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. A little bit of overtime here on a Friday era of Shabbos at JM in the AM. Um, Trying to think uh, what else I want to tell everybody. Don't forget that uh, Naomi Nachman follows next. Then it'll be the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Harry Rothenberg's video blog on this Shabbat Chazak. Um, Arab Shabbos music mix, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Uh, Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami tomorrow night with Ray Eliezer's Wickler. Uh, Sunday, it's JM Sunday with Matis between 7 and 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, Monday morning, I am back here at JM in the AM. 
please God, and um, I hope you'll join us. A lot of important things to discuss. That's uh, an understatement. Please keep in mind my father, whose yard site is this coming Wednesday. Drink a l'chaim, learn a mishnah, and uh, if you would, uh, keep him in mind as you say your divrei Torah over Shabbos. Harav Zev ben Harav Yosef Halevi. Harav Zev ben Harav Yosef Halevi is 12th yard site coming up this week, and normally I would be uh, in shul and davening for the umud and having maftir, etc., etc. Um, and I thank you for that. As I always say, your help with that is greatly appreciated. And um, I want to thank those who logged in yesterday for our Zoom live lunch. That was fun. That was fun. We had a Zoom live lunch yesterday. We'll see if we can incorporate that format or that platform more into our programming. I think if we do, people will be... uh, we're more anxious to spend time with us as a JM and the AM Nahum Siegel Network community. Even more so than they do now, believe it or not. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys at JM and the AM.
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and AlchemSingle.com, and the AlchemSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing week here at JM in the AM. Coming up next, Naomi Nachman, Table for Two. Uh, Erev Shabbos uh, show with Mark Zomik right after that. Erev Shabbos music mix this afternoon. Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night with Avrami. Uh, JM Sunday with Matis coming up Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, speak to you, please, God, on Monday. Have a fabulous Shabbos, a wonderful weekend. Until Monday, Nahum Segal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future. Yeah.